Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Raw. Yeah. But before we get into it, if you're a fan <laughs> of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a big quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. A show of, I was going to say two halves, but a show of the last hour. A show of one third. <laughs> and even then, I don't even think my esteemed colleague would agree with me on that one. I uh, had a lot of fun with the last hour of this, but as we kind of talked a little bit about before we recorded... 120 minutes to get there is not a fair trade off. <laughs> it's the opposite of that meme. Like, trade offer? No, never. <laughs> like, uh, to be fair, like, Raw constantly grapples with its third hour and whether or not you make it so bland and boring because you know that your views have given up or you actually try and put things in the main event in the tradition of the two hour Raw. This felt like that. But my God, was nothing happening for the majority of it until it kicked into life with the one of the things I really, really like in WWE. Felt like nothing was going on. And they just gave up because of the football. Because it's like the last game in the American football season last night, I believe. The thing is, right, I I know this is a common discussion point with both shows, actually, if there's like sport and competition. Yeah. But it's tired now because sport always wins. Always. So whereas I understand that you can use it as a reason for not putting your best foot forward... It's not an excuse not mm. to at least try. Like, yes, you're going to get beat by sport. AEW on its best week still gets beat by sport, even mm-hmm. if the creative's fantastic. I get it. Well, so that just means that wrestling's no longer as relevant as sport. Like, make yourself part of the conversation against that people pick you over sport. I just don't like it as a as a thing now. I'm bored of that chat. It's, it's, that, it's, it's like a oh, sorry, Sid, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Because if you you're a big uh, Green Bay Packers fan, or I think they were the ones playing last night, and you go, you know what? I love WWE love Monday Night Raw, but I'm going to watch my beloved Aaron Rodgers trying to, trying to get into the playoffs. And then you go, but I'm going to record on my DVR 
uh, <laughs> Monday Night Raw. <coughs> and then you watch it back. Do you not go, oh, they didn't do anything anyway, so there's no point in me watching it next time this clash happens. I'm going to sound like a monstrous hypocrite here. Bearing in mind, I wouldn't watch either version of the show if I had a choice. <laughs> if I had a choice, right? But theoretically, they did this show. If I'm Triple H, I've got another point to make if I'm Triple H momentarily. But for this example, if I'm this point, if I'm Triple H, and I know we've got some stiff competition in the form of the NFL, and yeah, you're not going to win any ratings battles. You're probably not going to get that good a number. If I'm Triple H, right, I'm at least putting Chad Gable in a 20-minute match. Mm. I'm at least winning the discourse battle of... Yeah, not many people watched it, but the people who love wrestling or claim to love it or just want to hold this thing aloft as this great thing that it isn't. If you have Chad Gable working as magic for 20 minutes or a match of that caliber or two matches of that caliber, I would do that. Me, Michael Sidgwick, would still be sat here going, cheat code, the fans didn't care throughout. I would at least have my base like purring yeah. about what they think heat is, even though it's not heat. What they think quality is, even if the heat makes the quality just not as good as it could be. I would take that route. I would go for the cheat code, critical acclaim, artificially inflated match length route as opposed to a load of absolute drab crap. <laughs> Another point before we get into it. If I'm Triple H, right, and my mental father-in-law my decaying, evil, monstrously spiteful and savvy at the worst things father-in-law had just executed this fiendishly clever power play. And my leverage is I don't have any historical sex offenses covered up by NDAs lurking in the background and in public Mm. over me. Moreover, my reign with the pencil has drawn not insignificant critical acclaim. The idea is that there's a turnaround, that the build to WrestleMania is interesting all of a sudden. If the ratings have improved and or stabilized under my stewardship, would it not be a good idea with this looming threat of the second that I put out some pretty shoddy, bland, almost depressing. You can see the shark fade shows. above the waves now, can't you? Already. Yeah. yeah. If I'm Triple H and I'm in this position, and I am, in this position, not Triple H, thank God. <laughs> I would, it would probably behoove me to put on an entertaining show as opposed to this, which, I'm speaking as Michael Sidgwick now, I was thoroughly depressed watching, and I'm not doing a bit here, and I will try and make this listenable and entertaining. I watched the first two hours, and yeah, the third hour was moderately better, but by that point, I was in a mood, and it wasn't so good that I was doing cartwheels, for God's sake. I was so glum watching this existential crisis level what am i doing here like why do people like this why are people pretending that it's good and popular and hot there are certain matches on the show i'm watching thinking like it's almost impressive that you've got this amount of people in one building and it's this quiet like surely the ambient noise should be louder (laughs) than it is given the fact that you are in a building that is constructed to maximize the acoustics of itself to make noise for the performers, whether in the rock band, um, the noise of the basketball that's getting played in there, the fans theoretically exist to make noise and cheer and boo and say encore and cheer, like free throws. It's impressively quiet. 
<laughs> you know when that they are the ambient noise should be like, how is it not getting picked up that people are chatting mm. they're just statues bored shitless by this drab match quality that is not built that is not promoted that simply exists this i was watching nothing and i would rather shoot have stared into space with my <sighs> own thoughts because at least then I'm not bored. These quiet crowds are becoming a story. Mm. Like, and uh, it's a it's a running theme at this point, as it should be. Like, it's starting to remind me, you know, when um, before they introduced minutes applause in football when somebody had died, mm. you'd be in the ground for a minute's silence, and then like it wasn't really the fault of people, but some like lads are shambling in. Like, just miss a kickoff typically, but it stopped for the minute silence. And then, like, in a football stadium especially, there's that horrible echo. They're midway through singing, or they've just, like, just finished off the last pint or can outside the ground. You're like, Rah! and then it's, like, really awkward because everybody, it's pin drop silence in a stadium of 40,000 people. Mm. Or you get one person or a group of people not respecting it, and yeah. then you get a few pockets of people booing them, and then it becomes uncomfortable but still quiet. It's like a ripple of noise, isn't it? Like, you could, in these buildings now... Like, every week on Raw Without Fail, somebody could, like, get off some chant, whatever they wanted, and it would be heard. Like, the famous, like, the Shawn Michaels, get to the point, because he's going <laughs> yes. on so long and rambling that everyone's gone quiet and got bored. <clears throat> you can hear that voice in the crowd. Somebody could peel off one of them every week. You could get your AEW message out. You could get your anti-WWE sentiment out. Like, within the body of the majority of these matches, and indeed some of the promos at this point, it is that silent that you could hear that voice echoing in that building, and you could, if you just shouted it from the back, you would be heard on, on, te- on like, national television. They are not even using the button when you think they would. There's egregious use of the, that button, even now, the, the pandemic noise button, and they're not even doing it when you would think it would be obvious to, because they've got headsets on backstage. Right, is this not getting a bit awkward, this silence? Like, I can put up with it to a point, I but can't. the matches at this point, it's, like, it was really, it struck me a lot over the weekend, because I watched... We didn't really talk about this situation, but I was saying to Wilborn, like, I like WWE, and I was feeling a little bit sad on Friday, like, even the Bloodline stuff, which I think is still good, and is just turning again at the it's right still point. still good. It's still good. Just turned at the right point, like, mm. with new developments that I'm really enjoying, some of which we'll talk about on here. But I had that, like, comparable to your summer, post-brawl out, I had that little dark cloud feeling, because the Friday was the Vince day. I was like, oh, God, even the things that I like are just going to get ruined now. Like, he's going to ruin them. And then I watched both AEW shows afterwards, and I just had a smile on my face the whole time. Loud crowds, enjoyable matches, mm. good angles, good action, thoughtful work throughout. The thoughtful yeah. element to those two hours. Go and listen to the... If you want me to be effusive in my praise over a wrestling product, listen to the Rampage and Battle of the Belts combined review that we dropped yesterday on your feeds mm. because... But the fans were effusive too. And that was that felt like the difference. Um, where I was just like, I oh know that's... Uh, the difference is that Triple H couldn't begin to get as much out of Kip Sabian, Mike Bennett, and Jay Lethal as Tony Khan has. He couldn't yeah. dream of it. Mm. He's still wanting his... Like, I thought there was, like, noticeable noise, and I was glad of it, in the Usos versus Sheamus and Drew match. And it's noticeable because it's different to so yeah. many other things on the card, and that's a problem. But he's, it's that old WWE thing of asking the mid-carders to go out and dog it a bit. Like, you want the volume to, like, exist in this perfect line graph of noise that peaks at the end, and you shouldn't have to control that. or worry about that. You should let people go out there, get over, and then see what gets noise. And that's what's led us to what we got in this third hour. There's an act that has generated noise and have gotten over and has become a lot of fun. But in WWE, like, law and rules, it's like, uh, if you go out there in the opener, slow it down, calm it down. We don't Mm. want too much excitement because we only want excitement for that last match. And it's... 
Really, like it's a dangerous habit that they should have gotten out of years ago. But I don't think they're doing that on purpose. I just think that no one's reacting to these stars or these matches. Well, maybe. I, like I still feel like there's a. It's just felt to me like there's a conscious effort to keep there. There's a, there's a thing happening which is extended to the card overall. But Triple H is seemingly as a. I don't know how much of an agent he is or how much he just leaves to the agents or what's rolled out to them. But this obsession with like a hot last minute being like the only thing that matters about the match. I think is like is a, such a problem in WWE. Like that's become. I've noticed that become the new formula. There's always a WWE formula match. I've Some seen, can work around it, but like this. I've seen wrestlers in that ring work their asses off to try and get a reaction throughout under this Triple H era, the stewardship, and it's just not working. You get a minute at the end, don't you? That's all. That's all they give a toss. About. Like so many of them are only getting like one hot minute at the end. Normally, I come here and go, "Come on, guys, it's not that bad. Try and be positive." That's all I've got to say today. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? That's as loud as Raw. Yeah, did he cut that promo last night? <laughs> that I is as loud as Raw was last night, for the most part. Really enjoyed parts of this show. Other parts... The, 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 I can't wait to talk the, about the, the stuff I liked. Yeah. Like, I'm still enthusiastic about it. You can do the majority of talking. <laughs> and there was other parts in the show that genuinely pissed me off that we'll get to. And then there was just, initially in the show, Sige, I felt like I started watching this, and this is... No, yeah, not even the first Raw that I've watched this year. So it wasn't just like, oh, back to the grind. I've already done it. Did it first day we came back. And I literally got about, as I said, 10, 15 minutes into this show and went, oh, God, I've got another hour or so of watching this. <laughs> and I have to watch it for my job. And you know how positive normally I am, mm. and I try and be see the, the best of everything. But, like, when Kevin Owens in the first 10 minutes has his face buried in the turnbuckles, they try and go, bloody hell, it's all Corbin's fault again. It's not. It's just crap. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. Kevin Owens comes out to a decent reaction to start the show, uh, and he goes to talk about the fact he's going to be facing Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, which is a good, exciting development with that story. And then he's interrupted by, and maybe this was part of the reason why I was so pissed off so early, JBL 2023. JBL's coming out, interrupting heels in there show opening promo, interrupting people in their show opening promo. Slags off people from Alabama. Um, says they walk around on all fours or something. You flash, the rest of the world doesn't see the difference between you, you big lumbering lummox, awful bully, cowboy arsehole, and Alabamans. Talks about people believing in Bigfoot. He's a dickhead, still any Bradshaw. He's still a dickhead. Yeah, he's just an arsehole. Fort life. He, uh, he said, uh, despite the fact they believe in all that, they still don't believe that you could beat Roman Reigns. But I'll show you a man who can, the last person who got pinfall victory over him three years ago, Baron Corbin. Was that the dog food storyline? Yep. Baron Corbin's <laughs> here. I thought it was Rowan. Oh, yeah. I think it was Corbin in the dog food. He's a little ankle biter. I mean, come on. <laughs> still didn't do... Still, I'm still pissed off they didn't do the, the worldwide dog. Still pissed off they didn't do the man in dog costume pulls head off to reveal big dog inside dog costume. Roman still Reigns. annoyed about that. Roman is the dog pulls off the dog because you remember he had the the mascot come out. I was like, how funny is this guy? Pulls off the dog head and it's like it's Gary the goat <laughs> dog bit. Anyway, Gary the dog. Gary the dog. Garbage. Um, Corbin comes out and says. Uh, Roman Reigns is Georgia, whilst well, you're Alabama. Huh? <laughs> I have no idea. A loser, apparently. That's a loser, sorry. A loser. Um, as I said, Owen's got his head buried in the turnbuckle as Corbin goes on and on about how he's going to beat up K 
Kevin Owens tonight, win the Royal Rumble and beat Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. And I, I, I like Baron Corbin, mm. nice bloke, but I thought, please don't do that. Oh, yeah. Um, JBL's like, show some fucking respect to this guy. Why have you got your head in the turnbuckle? And I was like, I'm literally bored. <laughs> I was like, me too, Kev. I'm literally so bored about you talking for like three minutes. But he said, oh, I did hear one bit where you said you fancied a fight. Uh, I figured I came out of my gear because the bloodline were going to do their usual stick. So I've come out ready for a fight. They're not here, but I'll fight you instead. Skip. Skip. I'm not watching this. I'm not. I, I'm really. I, a nothing match that no one cared about. Unfortunately for Sage, it's like the opposite of his Spotify premium ticks because this is Spotify free and we've got no more skips left after this. So <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the show. Well. Kevin Owens beating with a stunner. Enough of all that. It's now time already for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. <laughs> and if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of the opening match on Monday Night Raw, you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five star review. Or you can leave us a five star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. Obviously. And then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. This one comes from uh, Apple Podcasts today. Uh, and reviewer, this is Rampage, baby. <laughs> no name attached to it. They've just, they've used their. Chance to write, did you rampage, baby? You think like they've just had it drilled into them by those fight commercial bricks? Yeah. Did you rampage, baby? Over and over again. It's a show you're involving way no one. Uh, All working, no play. This is rampage, baby. Hey, it's who, good now. That's SmackDown. <laughs> who writes, the f- <laughs> this is rampage, baby, writes, the four hosts of this podcast are nothing short of incredible. Wilborn's over-the-top enthusiasm, the Dadley's expert analysis, and Stax's world-class comedy brings <laughs> tears to my eyes and joy to my soul. Hey, maybe you'll be here tomorrow, later on today for the uh, NXT preview. Uh, some highlights. Sidge's rendition of the Dynamite Open. Boom, what's going on? flash of light. The entire NXT review. That's tomorrow. Uh, every button on Wilborn's massive soundboard. Oh. And the abundance of mm, goofy juvenile humor that I get to absorb every week. Really good stuff. With my birthday coming up in just... Nine days! Which <laughs> this review was posted... Nine days! ...ago. So it's their birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, happy birthday, birthday Rampage, baby. baby. You did more to celebrate your own birthday than Tony Khan did about actual Rampage. <laughs> which, you know, those anniversaries. Yeah. Rampage. Uh, um, not, not so much. Birthday bash. <laughs> and stuff like that. They've got the same set on Rampage, aren't they? And Battle of the Bales, the new Dynamite. They're all different. They told oh, me it was on the same diff- night. They told me it was going to be different. different. Was it the same night? Was it recorded? Yeah. No, no, no it wasn't. No, it yeah, wasn't. No, it wasn't, was, was it? It was live. Come on. Come on. Uh, so, yeah, we might. Yeah, they should. They should. Yeah. With my birthday coming up in just. Nine days! And it is. Nine days! Since he posted that review. Uh, for the five star review review, I request any segment with a strong likelihood of a. Oh, I wish I was an inanimate object comment. Because <laughs> oh, they always get a huge. Baby. Thank you. Thanks to you, Nicky Big Baby. Um, so I chose. <sighs> I thought I'm, I'm. It's a long shot, I realise. Yeah. But I chose a Diva Pajama Pillow fight. Oh, brother. You know, I feel like at this stage in my podcasting career, cool. I've already ascended or descended to, <laughs> you know when you get like Ron Simmons on like a Raw Legends night 
and he watches some skit <laughs> yeah. involving Gillian Hall and Greg Valentine. And, like, it's something happens. And Slick's the, dancing with Michelle McCool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> damn. I feel like that's us now. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, <laughs> come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Visualize that terrible T-shirt where it's just a damn, but it's just come. Like yeah. the Valvinus one, written in jizz. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there an AJ Styles one that looked like it was written in jizz? Unintentional well, jizz. Yeah. Sin Cara's cock. Yeah. <laughs> Been a few. Um, so I found this uh, diva pajama pillow fight, yeah. and I didn't let you guys watch it because I thought we could play a few games associated with this. But before we get into it, um, look, tell me about the law of, <laughs> of pillow fights. Well, the Gotch Hackenschmidt and Slaughter Patterson pillow fights are really hard to come by on YouTube. So I, I looked into the two thousands. <laughs> Can you edit out Hackenschmidt? It's kind of hard to nut. <laughs> Jack and Schmidt. <laughs> Jack and Schmidt. It's kind of hard to bust. Hi, the first one was refereed by Jerry Lawler. Um, what? And the thing was, they like they tweaked this gimmick. I didn't even realize this. I went back and I checked like the, the legit law. And they had like two or three on Raw. And they waited and they waited and it eventually graduated to WrestleMania. And it was the Playboy Pillow fight at WrestleMania 22. Otherwise, a really awesome WrestleMania in Chicago. But it was when they were starting to um, do stuff with Playboy. So it was aye. it's women jumping around on a bed. And hitting each other with pillows that are hey, occasionally, hey, hey. occasionally loaded. This one didn't have a bed. Got to get six women in the ring, so you need space. Anyway, I promised games, Sige. Yeah. It's time to play the game. Time to play time the to play game. game. <laughs> Hopeless. <laughs> uh, so this was from the. 1st of March 2010 edition of Monday Night Raw. So that is less than a month away, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, March 28th, 2010 was WrestleMania 26, featuring such classics as Bret Hart versus Mr. McMahon. Oh. A 10 Diva tag team match that went 3 minutes and 20 seconds. And CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio. Was so cross. So looking forward to that match. And for the six minutes it lasted, it was awesome. It was like honestly like the whiplash of narrative and feelings. Back in those days, you want a morsel of just good stuff in WWE, and you would be crying out in despair that it's only got six minutes. And then it was like the ironic hell of Homer Simpson eating donuts like <laughs> multiple years later because those four-hour B-level pay-per-views where it's like Ziggler doing half now with Rollins, then these roars now where everything goes like 17, 18 yeah. minutes. It's like, Jesus Christ, I didn't, don't take it that far. Remember Matt Hardy and Ray getting three minutes at WrestleMania 19? Yeah. It's just like, how am I? Look what we watch now. Yeah. Like, you know, we've got three minutes on the big stage. The um, Four matches on the Mania card, main card, uh, not including the 26-man Battle Royal that went eight minutes. <laughs> four matches went sub-10 minutes. Oh, well, that, that was, was only 11 matches, uh, 10 matches on the card. Pay-per-view time that was, was one the, thing, wasn't it? You that was the day. Punk and um, Ray had two of my favourite wrestlers of 2022 heavily involved in the build, that being CM Punk and Dominic Mysterio, because he came out and sang <laughs> Happy Birthday to Ray's yeah, daughter, yeah. didn't he? And there was Dominic in the ring, and he's like, Christ, he's got big in the last few years. He was already, I think he was like bigger than Ray by then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, March t 2010... Guest host era. So oh, God still, almighty. who were the Vanessa. guest hosts that booked this 
Diva Pajama Pillow Fight. Guest hosts. Mm. I'll give you a clue. We did a list of the worst guest hosts in Raw's history, whatculture.com, and I think they ranked third. Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne. <sighs> people like that, I think. It's good, but yeah. it's not right. I think people like them, Barker. Some oh, ab- Barker was good. Some absolute broke <laughs> off Saturday Night Live. Um, I'm going to go with... Not them, by the way. Okay. Um, 2010. That was a cultural... Sidge, it is something that you and I... Sometimes do a bit about if that helps. Ah, well, it doesn't help at all. <laughs> it's, it's like when sometimes we do stuff on the podcast and Sid will like nudge me and be like, do the thing. And I'm cycling through. Yeah, like, yeah. like which, which thing, which button, which, what am I doing? Well, I, well given that we're probably taking the piss out of them, I imagine these guys are quite goofy. <laughs> you are co- correct. Do the noise. <laughs> Sidge, I can tell you that the Royal Hosts were Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Stoned already. <laughs> right, and I'm not joking. I was reading through Well, actually, first of all, um, who do you think opened this episode of Monday Night Raw? Who do you think opened with a promo to start the show? The, um, the fact of the matter is... In this very ring, it was Triple H. Bingo! <laughs> yeah, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Uh, and guess who was in the main event of the uh, the show? <laughs> Fact of the matter is, in this very ring, uh, Pepper H. Bingo! DX lost to Show Miz because Sheamus got involved. Christ. Uh, good, also- good stuff in a video package, that. You're losing it, Sean. You're obsessed with The Undertaker, Sean. Anyway, I got this... Twin, I'm going to beat it. Sean, you're, you're really losing it. Your mind's going crazy, but you're still wearing a sweatband around a cowboy hat that you can buy for nine ninety nine at the merch stand, Sean. Uh, there were also Sean, you need to get your eye on the prize. <laughs> there were also two, two Money in the Bank qualifying matches on this show that went shorter <laughs> than the Divas Pajama Pillar match. If you combine both of them, they went Right, shorter. okay. Uh, Jack Swagger defeated Santino Morella in 20 seconds. So it literally took him longer to get the case down at WrestleMania. And MVP... Beat Zack Ryder in a minute. 2010. So that was just before he started getting pedigreed every week because I'm giving you the rub, pal. Giving you the rub. <laughs> um, so there's the usual backstage stuff. I don't uh, want condom. I want the flattery. The rub. This is, well, this is just personifying. We're going to tear this to pieces because it was a horrible time. So obviously, Cheech and Chong are backstage. Cheech and Chong. Is there a cloud of smoke? Not yet. There is going to be. Beforehand, they have to objectify the Bella Twins, obviously. You know, and they just were like, uh, people don't really care about these guys, so let's have the Bella Twins hang- hanging off them. I'm seeing like double were. here. Four sex objects. <laughs> uh, but there was a backstage segment where uh, it's horrible. I, I, you, you know, sometimes you hear me go, ugh, like that when I'm watching these clips. And it's often reading the YouTube comments. I did that as well, but also there's a backstage segment one of Cheech or Chong uh, is said, I'm just going to chill out in the locker room for a bit. And then it's like, ooh, you know, there's all psychedelic. Yeah, and, it's, and, uh, it's and he's giving Eve Torres a head massage. And it's like, oh, I really ooh. don't like it. But for some reason, she's got a British male's accent because he's all a bit out of it. But he's not 
He's not been smoking. He's uh, <laughs> he's been eating Lucky Charms cereal that Hornswoggle gave him for some reason. Maybe it's laced with marijuana, <laughs> <laughs> and he's which hang- he also smokes. So why is that the joke? He's hanging out with Chavo Chavo Guerrero, who's wearing a sombrero. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Katie Lee Birchall, who's got a mustache for some reason. Slow down. Chi Jo Chong has got a mustache despite not having a mustache 10 minutes ago. In fact, everyone in this segment has suddenly got a mustache. Oh, man, what's in this weed? <laughs> and Kaylee Bird. LSD, because it's not a hallucinogenic. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi Tatsu comes in and speaks Japanese, and then they do some. I'm not even going to tell you what they say. It's just what do they say? Casual, just casual racism. Yay. Uh, and then um, <laughs> Santina Morella's voice is heard, but what is shown on screen? <sighs> Well, what's going on, man? What am I looking at right here? That's right, it's a chicken in a cage. <laughs> just bringing chicken in a cage, and he goes, "Oh, mamma mia, I want to match or whatever." <laughs> Actually, that stuff was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then they book the uh, right. Full disclosure, right? This is sorry, Alan. You got there. <laughs> you, you got in the end. Right. This is horrific, but it makes me laugh at just how, like, compare now and then, like, how a lot more progressive they are with women's wrestling across the board. WWE and AEW and everywhere else, right? (laughs) Well, it's getting there. Um, So, Cheech and John booked this pajama pillow fight, which features Eve Torres, Gail Kim, uh, Kelly Kelly, Gillian Hall, Alicia Fox, and Maurice, who's the Divas champion. And I can't work out whether it was a three-on-three match. Who did uh, Maurice beat to that? Title. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, because I thought you were a big Marie's fan. I am a big Marie's. Actually, I might have... Uh... Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, I thought that was the noise of her winning the title. <laughs> um, anyway, so I don't... They come out in threes, because there's three baby faces, and there's three heels, right? But I don't... I don't... Can't work out whether it's... I don't think it's not a three-on-three match, in fact. They just come out, because you don't want to waste time six entrances here. Do you know how Cheech and Chong introduced them? You know, with their, you know, obviously, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be a host of Monday Night Raw, you are a big wrestling. Fan. I mean, Jeremy Piven proved that big old wrestling fan. You'd be banned from the Summerfest otherwise. Yeah. So out come uh, Eve Torres and Gail and Kelly Kelly, I believe, and they go, "Here come the ladies!" And they come out, and Jerry was like, "Yeah, like that, right?" <laughs> and then. Uh, Maurice's music hits. Right, all that. <laughs> and I'm not joking. This is not referring to use myself, Dadly Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Cheech and Chongo. And here come the other ones. God almighty. Just awful. So anyway, they get in there. They all hit Maurice with some pillows. Um, Jillian starts taking people out with clotheslines. And they're like, this isn't part of the match. It's a pillow fight, Jillian. Um... And then she stands in the middle of the ring and goes, Aah! like she does. Right. <laughs> Kelly Kelly smothers her with a pillow and then... What? <laughs> just shuts her up, basically. And then uh, goes... And hits, she sort of hits a curb stomp leg drop. She right. does the jump off the back like Seth does. And yeah, just yeah. Leg drops her back. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> that was the most Richard Maidley you've ever sounded. <laughs> Anyway. Jesus Christ! Time for another one. It's time to play the game. I know you two are very good. I try and help as much as I can, but I don't like to, you know, talk too much whilst he's sitting here. You're very good at guessing Stax's punchlines, so I thought you could see if J 
Joe Nuller's offensive uh, statements about women, you could guess. So King says, Gillian told me her voice was a gift from God, dot, dot, dot. What's the punchline? I think she could give it back. Hang on. Oh, I've gone the wrong way. <laughs> you think she should give it back? I think she should give it back. Bingo! Yeah! Uh, anyway, <laughs> Kelly Kelly tries to pin someone um, whilst their shoulders are literally on a pillow, so not touching the mat, but who cares? Um, surprise, surprise. See if you can guess who you think did the best actual wrestling in this match. Who's in it? Yeah, it gives us six again. Eve Torres, Kelly Kelly, Gillian Hall, Alicia Fox, Alicia Maurice, Fox did a and suplex. Alicia Fox and Maurice and Gail Kim. Oh, Gail oh, Kim. Gail of Kim. course yeah, it's yeah. Gail Kim. Gail Kim uh, hits a really good looking neck breaker. She sort of has to go, come here and do the f- neck breaker. But yeah, Gail Kim. 100% bollocks when she got backstage for sneaking wrestling in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know this happened. And uh, yeah, this is when I worked out that it wasn't a three on three match because Eve just stands there. I think she hits the neck breaker on Maurice. And hits the neck breaker, covers her, he's just stood there and goes, bang, hits her with a pillow, break up the pinfall, straight away, obviously, in this match with nothing on the line. Um, Alex, uh, Alicia Fox comes in and clotheslines them both whilst wearing bunny slippers. Cheech and Chong yell, don't hurt her. <laughs> Gail Kim fights back and then literally has to go, right, now you drop kick me out of the ring. <laughs> she just stands there. I feel so sorry for Gail Kim in all this because also the commentators are like, yeah, they literally say, well, there goes Gail. She's trying to have fun, though. Because <laughs> that's awful. Uh, Eve drop kicks her out of the ring. It's Alicia Fox with a finish and wins the pillow fight. And then King says, uh, hey, hey, cool. <laughs> you notice uh, Cheech and Chong, they got some burn marks on their shirts. <laughs> I asked them what they were and they said... I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forgetful when you. Well, I've heard that you get. I've, I've heard that you just get forgetful. Like you kind of almost like slipped into your Triple H face there. Jason Chong and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's square. He's the one from Ride Ninety Five that drives him around. Yeah. How much do you want to have a guess? Uh, I noticed Chichi so, uh, Chong got burn marks on their shirts. I asked them what they were, and they said... It, well, yeah, they can't remember. No. Potholes. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a bad... I didn't understand that, because they're not a road. Right. Well, the thing is, okay, if you're all like... Uh, smoking a little bit. Mayor yeah. Doobly Doobly Arnie over there. <laughs> Michael Dubé. <laughs> Spliff Tannen. <laughs> Weed Bratton. Popped <laughs> <laughs> himself. Okay. Uh, uh, right, okay. So if you do that, okay. Uh-huh. Right. Great hash heel. Great hash heel, I like that. So if you go... That's too many, Joe. 
Smoking. Um, maybe like a bit of the ember or going your clo- uh. clothing, right, and it creates a hole. And they call cannabis on the streets pot. Makes sense now. Oh. Yeah. They should explain that more yep. for idiots in the audience like that. Uh, do you want to take a... <laughs> That's right, wrong button, sorry. You haven't <laughs> my... It's too many You buttons. say you've been uh, smoking before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you think the side, the side the like the a system, some <laughs> bollocks that stupid American television shows depicted as. Uh, who do you think made a surprise appearance post-match to pop the crowd? Eve Torres wins, celebrating. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> you wish. Um, was there anyone else who gets stoned in America who's on <laughs> telly? <laughs> Um, I'll give you a clue, it's not the chicken with Santino Morella's voice. Is it Rob Van Damme? Oh, that's a very good guess. He gets stoned. He was literally winning the world title in TNA at this point. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was Hornswoggle. With some, it was always fucking Hornswoggle. With some Lucky Charms cereal. Everything. Laced, I think. I'm fairly certain laced. With, with acid or another hallucinogenic drug. Everything was always Hornswoggle. Yeah, if, if in doubt... Probably Hornswoggle right. around 2010, wasn't it? Uh, anyway, we go to the comment section. Uh, once again, these don't reflect my... Jesus Christ, it's only midday and we haven't even reviewed Raw yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the first yeah, match, isn't bulk it? bulk of the show to go. We'll <laughs> get yeah. through a lot of it. <laughs> um, uh, these do not reflect the views of myself, Daddy Boys, anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Um, but if you have paid, baby's going to be happy because I found a comment here from Steve that just writes... Oh, I wish I was the referee. <laughs> <laughs> Not the pillows. The thing is, the referee's only looking at them. Yeah, yeah but he's closer, I think. that's Okay, the... but he's also just looking at them. He could just go to a screen and give it the big I am with his eyes. Sid, if somebody uh, smokes weed and then, like, turns heel against uh, society, does that make them the toker, baby? <sighs> I'm asking because I don't know. Yes. The answer's yes. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, Jordan, Jordan Lee acknowledges you've uh, lived long enough to be the bud man <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, oh, you, you die the toker baby Jordan Lee acknowledges his own creepiness in his comment and then still just goes ahead with it which I don't understand this is low key creepy Oh, but their jammies are so hot. Oh, oh no! Jammies. No, that, jammies. Guy's, that guy's a nonce. <laughs> jammies, I didn't know, was one of them awful words, like when you say panties. Americans. Panties. Ugh. The American vernacular is inherently very creepy, isn't it? Put yeah. your jammies on. I got milk and cookies for you. <laughs> <laughs> milk chug just arrived. Let's come. Um, save you some of your discuss for Corey Bernstein, who writes, Get your little fanny up those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> what was Vince's one? I'll blister your fanny till it's blue, Stephanie. Your, get your little fanny up the stairs. Because that's where your jammies are. <laughs> Son. <laughs> They're horrible, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, it's not me. It's, oh it's that. Corey Bernstein writes, Oh, Kelly Kelly should have won. She has the sexiest bare feet of all time. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you want to like that sort of thing. Just make sure the participants are willing. Yeah. Less creepy than jammies. I don't know whether I should. I don't know whether I should read this person's surname. William Flickinger. 
<laughs> Willy flicking her. Right. <laughs> right. <sighs> what you do to my libido is... <laughs> Sales going to get through this with that. Uh, what you do to my libido is just unbelievable. You could bottle it and sell it if you could. Uh. <laughs> I'd rather not buy that. Personally, I'd rather spend my money elsewhere. Yeah, it's a product owner he would want to buy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Greg keeps it simple. Uh, not, not even specifying which diva he is objectifying here. Just writes... Well, I'd go yodeling up them canyons. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Is he going to, like, underboob and go yodeling? I think it's a, an early tease of Cesaro. I think yeah. that's the... Uh, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> Final comment. Once again, these are not reflective of using myself. These are not reflective of using myself, Deadly Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Um... Thanks. We're going to move on. Back to Raw in a second. Thanks to the DMP baby for the review. Diggy writes... <laughs> Diggy writes... I just want Maurice to fart in my dinner. <laughs> 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 I'm a simple man. Fart in my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I wish I was the dinner. <laughs> once I will once again reiterate this, man. Man, sound like Bray uh, oh, Wyatt. I'm just the ghost of the man who farted in your dinner. <laughs> oh God! He farted in your dinner. Apollo Crews. I saw it coming. Upside down, bees ass. <laughs> Once the pop subsides, and give it two minutes for you, jack for you jackasses. <laughs> you realise that these people walk among us. Yeah, it, they're not AI. They are not bots. They're all like again. An AI hasn't got that. You anything. share. <laughs> you commute with these sorts of people, and I just it's I find it scary. Somebody's on their phone and you're just waiting for it. Two seconds. Uh, <laughs> fart in my dinner. Yeah, what's up? Not <laughs> oh, from an Adam W. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too obvious. An A. Wilborn. Oh, God, it's, it's, it's five to 12. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked about, like, everybody knows who Uncle Howdy is because he's back there in catering. Now we know what he's doing there. <laughs> Is he next? Oh, I don't oh, know. Christ. Yeah, what? he is. Oh, good. It sounds like you're volunteering to win like the NXT North American title. Uncle Howdy's got next. I got next. <laughs> Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal 
personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Right, returning to Monday Night Raw, you can, you, can, uh, you can suggest more five-star review reviews on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and email me your review, adam.wilman at worldculture.com, just like this is your baby. baby. Uh, Owens immediately goes to ringside after, that's the first match, he immediately goes to ringside <laughs> after beating Baron Corbin with a stunner, attacks Jimmy Uso, who's coming through the crowd, gets jumped by the bloodline, Jay Uso gets involved, so does the gets involved, um, Owens tries to fight him off with a steel chair, and I think the referee's shoe, or someone's shoe, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then the bloodline get out of there. Sokol wants to go after him. Uso's holding back. Postman Pierce get invo- gets involved and says, right, I'm pissed off for you. So we're going to have a big tag team turmoil match in the main event. Good good job. That was free, wasn't it? I've got hours of free time on Thank, yeah, <laughs> Thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. The people I didn't want to turn up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's pathetic. Yeah, it was, so it was a joke This in particular, this show. Tag team turmoil match against everyone you've, with everyone you've attacked involved in it, basically. Um, and then, but you, now you can piss off Usos. Solo, you don't go anywhere uh, because you will be fighting Dolph Ziggler a little bit later. And Usos like, no, actually, change the plan. We want to stay. And he's like, nah, escort them out until just after Solo Sikoa's match, basically. Do you know, again, I've said this before with some of these Triple H roles. A tag team turmoil match where everybody they've attacked gets a chance to fight for the titles is not bad booking. Just book it. Just tell me that we can talk about this on a preview. Yeah. Every team that's like come like falling afoul of the bloodline. You wouldn't fool the rubes if I they did just, that. They like to fool the rubes. That's not a bad story, actually. Like these attacks that we've kind of viewed as mostly pointless and redundant had a purpose. And it was to get to that match. Just book it. Just announce it. A, a tag team revenge, tag team turmoil match. That's it's not- one of those where if you sat there like, <sighs> telly's on now. Yeah. I won't make much noise or emotionally invest, but I've been programmed over the course of several years to tune into Monday Night Raw Live on USA. <laughs> right. If you advertise this, I think a lot of people would just go, ugh. Maybe. I think Possibly. it would be. That's why they don't do it. <clears throat> anyway, time for Alexa Bliss. They show a re- they show a replay of her attacking Bianca Belair in the title match last week. Uh, and they said Belair had to have stitches. Bliss got fined. Uh, and as they were talking about this, Bliss just hops up onto the announce table right in front of them. Uh, and she says, um, Belair doesn't fear, Bianca Belair doesn't fear Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy. Uh, it's me she's afraid of because I am the face of evil. Uh, she says, oh, I haven't felt this good in a long time. I'm willing to hurt people. And then, oh, that's the wrong one. Uh, the screen goes all weird. <laughs> <laughs> the upside down beat appears. <laughs> Uncle Howdy says, I do declare, do you feel in charge? You, 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 Feel in control, my lady? Uh, and then he appears on the stage <laughs> and chuckles in the smoke. And then we go to a bad break, I think. <laughs> yeah. What do you make of uh, Uncle Howdy corrupting Alexa Bliss even more? Uh, Uncle Howdy's powers are not as strong as Raw rolling on, apparently. Like, what happened in the building after? If only this wasn't running at the commercial well, break. Well, that's my you to get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if only I had time this week, but I guess I'll have to wait for next week. Uh, like, uh, pretty bottom rules, of course. 
I don't find Alexa Bliss particularly believable as this ass-kicking heel that she was in the first half of this promo, but I find it infinitely more believable than the second half when Uncle Howard is back out there. She loves this stuff. I saw an interview with her where she was saying, like, working with uh, Wyndham, shoot name, in uh, 2020 was the uh, best period of my career. Really? Like, are you that down on the work that people actually enjoyed in, like, 2016 through to 2018 inclusive? Because some of that was pretty decent. Have you actually watched any of that back? Because I did. And it was appalling. Like, I just, she's into it. When they immediately cut to a shot of a playground, I went, oh, no, not this again. They are absolutely, like, mate, I, I'm not into this. I welcome, that. like, this morning, a couple of interactions on Twitter. I welcome people to explain to me why you enjoy Uncle Howard. Because. I, just, I, I don't get it. But, like, people say they like it. So tell me why, by all means, if there's a proper reason. She does. They are giving Alexa Bliss the creative she wants. And it's this. You can't always trust wrestlers. That's a lesson here. Uh, you know what I've I seen Randy Orton's likes as well. <laughs> you know what I hate almost as much as this. Go on segment. This idea that Alexa Bliss is Meryl Streep. Mm. <laughs> like the fact that she can deliver terrible material without pause or you know, just in a way, in a way, she can do it. Soap opera, sub soap opera, but she can do it. The idea that she's Meryl Streep and she's this great orator, it, it drives me absolutely insane. If you were a terrible actor and you know enough about it to kind of um, blag it, this is the performance you would do. And I've never, very big, broad gesture, felt so good. <laughs> that right? You're really feeling it. You're in the moment. You're feeling good. So that's how you're going to deliver the line, as you are, in fact, feeling good absolutely terrible. I think she's terrible at this. I think that no one, in a defense, no one can be good at this. No. It's got nothing to do with professional wrestling. The idea that there's a mystical supernatural presence who's uh, the real one in charge. And, but that's, I don't know. I, I don't get the story. I don't want to get the story. I've heard every interpretation of the story. Actually, I've heard none. I've heard, oh, it's moving. All right, good. So, so do cars. <laughs> so do my feet. Do my feet get talked about as if they are worthy of an Oscar nomination because they move the forward, <laughs> because they progress. My feet don't get wins an Oscar. <clears throat> no, they don't. They just carry me from one direction to another. It doesn't mean the direction's good. It doesn't mean, the, it doesn't mean the, 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 the journey to get to the destination is particularly compelling. That's all they do. My feet are, according to some internet writers and some professional wrestling fans on Twitter, worthy of an Oscar and great long-term story. Or a minimum time. of 7 out of 10. Yeah, because they move forward. Because they move forward. And that's what this uh, storyline does. <laughs> I don't know if it's the manifestation <laughs> of the uh, the darkness within, the temptation. Is Uncle, is Uncle Howdy temptation all along? I don't know what it is. I don't care for what it is. It's terrible. I just hate this. I do declare I'm living in your hair rent free, of course. That's the story, I think. There's a wider point on the acting that we haven't touched on for a while as well. But that it's I, <laughs> from about the age of five, for the longest time, all I consumed was pro wrestling. And about 12 or 13, you start watching films with a critical eye. You don't really know what's happening, but if you're into that sort of thing, you get to that age where like a film just isn't a film anymore. You maybe just don't take it all at face value, and you start to think what you believe makes a good actor or a bad actor. You can see it in films. You can see the performance and how much you're enjoying it. And it's at that moment that you watch wrestling and you realise, oh, these are terrible actors. I love it anyway, but these are terrible actors. And all this time, I've just thought they've been great performers. There are grown-ass adults 
that never had that realisation, that normal realisation mm. at the age of 12 or 13. That Things could, can be bad. There's good acting, there's bad acting, and in wrestling, they're not great actors. And But what they do is incredible. It's fine. What they do is all is awesome. When the wrestlers say, like, uh, the, the film actors couldn't believe it, we'd go on set and we'd just nail it in one take because uh, that's what we have to do every week on Monday nights. But uh, they were doing uh, 20 takes and then going back to the trailer and doing 20 more. Now me. I just turn up and do my take and go, and it's like, ah, that's why you're piss poor compared to the professionals. <laughs> what you think is a good thing is actually a really hey, bad dick thing. face. Yeah. Have you seen my dog? Got it. I've got to go. That's <laughs> right. a bit when Krusty has to do all the lines and just go, they're done. See you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also now, since you've been talking about that, I've been picturing Tommy Wiseau as Uncle Howdy. I did not <laughs> corrupt her. I did not turn to the crowd. Oh, hi, Marks. Uh, Bailey versus Me Chin. Let's go on with it. Bailey versus Me Chin. Bailey took a mic beforehand, Dakota Kai and EO Sky. The women's tag team champions, I often forget that, are with her. Um, She says, uh, they deserve a night off. You go back, kick back backstage and watch me beat up Becky Lynch's friend. Me Yin, Me Chin. We can't decide what we're going to call her or show on the screen as we say that. And they had a really kind of poor match, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, (laughs) Bailey... Mm. Bailey hits a vertical suplex off the apron to the floor. Uh, Meachin comes back, suicide dive strikes, and a German suplex. Does that leg scissors takedown as Bailey's coming through the ropes? But it didn't look great, and the old commentators certainly didn't sell it as great. They trade a few counters. Bailey jackknifes her, puts her feet on the ropes, and gets the one, two, three. There's a story unfolding here, and it's terrible. <laughs> um, Bailey, as as a heel, said, uh, "I don't need stay backstage." I don't need just tonight. I'm going to do it by myself. And as a viewer, you're kind of conditioned to be like, she's going to, that's going to cost her. And this division is going to grow. And she needs, she doesn't need them. We've seen this over mm-hmm. and over again. Uh, or you just completely bury a baby face six feet under yet again, which Triple H absolutely loves doing. He's got such a rock on at the moment, burying baby faces. Later on, sorry if I'm trampling over promo, but who cares because we could skip it? We could race through it. Yeah. The point was made crystal clear that Becky Lynch was not there for Meechin in the way that Meechin was there for her. So not only are you making a baby face out to be a loser in the ring, you're also making her out to be a loser with no friends, which has to trigger a heel turn. But you've just brought her in as like this baby face friend of the uh, the normal drink havers. Yeah, she's, having, she's always having normal drinks. Yeah, like <laughs> you've just brought her back as this like baby face mate for when they feud with people with women in, and now she's going to turn heel because she's got no mates. The worst way to turn heel is because nobody likes you. <laughs> like, evolution turned on Randy Orton and botched his run for like a year because it was like hey you know those cool guys they hate you now oh. like, that's, <laughs> like this is happening to me Chin. it's terrible booking this match was dire this atmosphere was again impressively quiet you could literally hear the pin drop if someone dropped a pin this was a Thunderdome match and all that that entails yep um, the next two bits got really got me quite pissed off if I'm honest Candice Ray's walking backstage Kathy Kelly catches up with her, uh, and she reveals that Johnny Gargano's injured. Mm. I thought, how's he got that injury? And they uh, subsequently reveal, oh, he did it wrestling. I was like, couldn't have shown him wrestle, you know, a bit on Monday Night Raw rather than do the bollocks that he's been doing with Dex Lewis and the Miz for the last two sodding months. Imagine as well. By the way, imagine that house show injury, tag team match, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis versus the Miz and Baron Corbin. Terrible. Oh, Not God. a reason to buy a ticket for a show, but... Right? What an indictment that is, by the way, because Gargano was with Loomis because the idea is probably get out there and work with Gargano, kid. Loomis is like 40 or something, yeah. kid. Like, get some reps in working with Gargano, and he's the one that gets injured against Corbin and Miz, with which, and I've been guilty of this with the Miz, the argument is used for those two. 
safe pair of hands. WWE, safe pair of hands. Go out there, get the heat, easy peasy. Piece of piss match, nobody gets hurt. We all get paid, great night. And that's the match that Garner got into doing. We know cameras rolling. Like, it's rubbish. Hopeless. And <laughs> uh, they had uh, Nicky. A face was in the background. Of oh, this. yeah. I, forgot oh, God, I hate that. I hate it so much. Reform insanity in the background. Uh, I stink. Candice uh, LeRae uh, is asked what's next for her. She says, hey, Royal Rumble's around the corner. And Rhea Ripley comes in. And I thought, oh, yeah, thank God she's here. Uh, she said, you're never going to win. Uh, you, haven't got, you, you haven't got a chance, basically. Uh, and then the WWE writing came in and went, we can't just have a say, I'm going to kick your ass. She has to say, I'm going to pluck your pixie wings apart. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And they challenged her to a match. And wouldn't you know it, Sige, there's space in the card. Was there a single to... match boot? Not as a part of our preview no, yesterday. There was Austin. Th- What's next for Austin Theory? And Alexa Bliss explains her actions. Abs- like Triple H is an absolute loser. And the right he gets is uh, it's free. And it makes me sick. Just on this, by the way, what we always say, when we're trying to quickly analyse good wrestling, which mostly happens on Wednesdays. Um, well, after NXT. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was referring to. The baby faces have to keep the promises because the baby faces are right. It's, it's Vince McMahon stuff, this. Like Rhea Ripley. Like, I promise tonight I'm going to go out there and kick your ass. And does. Like, I love <laughs> Rhea Ripley, and she's on this. Yeah, this is There's it. no stopping her. Just don't script that in. Like, he couldn't book a baby face this well to save his life. And it's like, when the heel goes out there. Because he had... A three-year-long world title reign, split up, have three reigns, whatever, where he books himself like that. So he believes, well, work for me. Fucking didn't, Paul. It was awful (laughs) all the time. Uh, So Austin Theory comes out. He says, look, you need to accept now. I'm the now, and the now is forever. Uh, He talks about Seth Rollins, crowd chant for Seth Rollins. uh, And he said, look, Seth Rollins had to limp out on his old knee last week because he was outclassed by Austin freaking Theory. Uh, and then Seth Rollins' music hits. Honestly, this is like the new broken dreams for WrestleMania, isn't it? Bring back the old Rollins music, but we've forgotten at this point that it doesn't say Zig Meg, yeah, can't we? They're doing it, they're actually doing it. Burn it down. What is that? Uh, giving ourselves the Mandela effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. English fans have hijacked Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank by shouting, Seg my kiak. <laughs> Seth suck my kiak Rollins. Seth sucking Rollins. <laughs> uh, he comes out, he's on crutches. I did, it did make me pop. He came out on crutches, like, oh, my bloody knee. And then went, ah! Loved it. Into that. Uh, Francis to the ring with it. He's still leaning on it a little bit because he is still a little bit injured. Uh, Theory says, you know, top of the man in stuff, but I'm the pinnacle of this oh, industry. God, he's such a boring twat. Pest your ass. Uh, I'm onto bigger and better things. Right, this is what pissed me off. Like winning the Rumble and walking out of WrestleMania as the Universal Champion. Could have done it. You <laughs> literally <laughs> had a briefcase <laughs> that you could have used. Anyway. Which he then said, it's like, I know what I'll write around this terrible, terrible decision. I couldn't have beaten Roman anyway. Like, yeah. He was the first one to say, uh, you're all idiots for saying that because I knew I'd lose to him. So one nil to me, actually. <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, Rollins says, well, look, full disclosure, my knee isn't 100%, but it will be just in time for me to win the Rumble and main event WrestleMania, which gets a decent pep. Uh, he says, I only came out here to hear the, hear the people of Birmingham uh, sing his song, which they did. And then he said, I'll see you at the Rumble, <laughs> kid. And uh, he left without his crutch. 
And it looks like the segment's over. But Bobby Lashley makes a huge return. Walks past Seth Rollins. Theory tries to attack him with the crutch. Lashley ducks it, hit a spear. Crowd re- chance for Bobby Lashley. And Lashley throws Theory over the top rope and says, it doesn't matter who's in the Rumble. I'm back and I'm, I'm going to manhandle everyone. Good to see Bobby Lashley back. Yep. Not alongside these two people. <laughs> Feels like they're... This cycle, doesn't it, since the US title meant anything. Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory were feuding extensively when Vince McMahon was in charge. Mm. Yeah. You remember that? And they just inextricably linked ever since with this stupid who's the baby face, who's the heel, triple threat program. That will not die. I am not not interested. I like Lashley a lot. It, well, in Seth's stuff, like what's the status of the injury? What's he really out for at the Rumble? I've got one eye on the Cody stuff. Like I'm quite interested in what's going on with Seth. Because you're a, like, I, I don't know if it's a worker or a shoot. And obviously, as Sidge pointed out yesterday, it got lost in the news cycle. But I don't care. I'll just accept it at face value when, when he's in the rumble and he's selling the knee. That's, I think it's a shoot. I think he's just tweaked it. It's like, it, I don't think that's bad stuff, but I felt the same. It's not work. Over the desk this morning, I said to Sidge, I was like, the thing I get with Austin Theory when he comes out to cut a promo is that I'm realizing I've got like a 20-year sentence of this. Like, I'm watching him think, well, he's only just getting started. And it's WWE and the guy, they go to like the 50 now in this role. Got Grayson Waller in NXT, don't worry. Yeah, well, aye. he's going to be champion this time tomorrow. Let's hope so. Oh, rather him. I'd rather him. And then he gets the call up, and then like whoever it is, Triple H, Jobin's like, oh, I got two of you. I only need one. And then like Austin Theory just, I don't have this twenty-year death sentence of Austin Theory promos. He said the champ is here. Like, is, are they going back to this Cena thing? I don't want that either. I don't want that at WrestleMania. He's fine seeing it at WrestleMania. Ugh. I'm kind of into it still. I still hold a candle a little bit for Austin Theory. Cena, what, so Super Theory wins? Like US title match? Cena's yeah. absolutely ordinarily terrible and counterproductive way of burying opponents as he does throughout every single build of every single program. Ever might be fun and cathartic when he does it to Theory. Ever versus hair as well. Hey, you're an asshole. You're not good enough for the spot. You suck. Uh, I'll see you at the show you're going to pay for. Cena could say, the problem is, Austin, is you're not a very good wrestler. Under, the, under the guidance yeah, of his yeah. mate backstage. Yeah. Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae came. Na- oh, good. Nice to see Bobby Lashley back there. He's going to shout Austin in that match louder than Jim Ross ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tweet that when it happens. <laughs> Just as the Tyson and Austin put himself. Cena and Austin. That's, Cena. That's you, John. <laughs> Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae. Uh, I thought you were leaving a pause for Skip. <laughs> Ripley dominated early on. Candice got some offense, and she brought her down off the middle rope with a suplex, a German suplex. Goes for a dive, but Ripley just catches her because she's mint. Drives her into the barricade, does the standing cloverleaf, swings her into the barricade again. And I'm like, hmm, where are they going with this? And she just chucks her in the ring, hit the riptide, one, two, three. Rhea Ripley winning, I don't want to be called a hypocrite. She should be doing this. Yes. She should be beating people's ass and like building up all the momentum for the rumble. This push is going well. She's super over. It's class. Stop beating Canister like over. a drum. Yes. Like, she's not that over. In segments she is, this match wasn't over. Not particularly, you know, it wasn't a lot of noise. She, like, but she should be doing this. Yeah. Like, if anything, you find an unknown. Despite how bad this Raw was, it did very well at signposting your two Royal Rumble winners. I'll give them that, because Cody Rhodes is just around the corner. Yeah. So, it's just everything else is on fire. I don't, it's, well, not all of it, because... It's well, a proper WWE brain tape, this, and I know I'm guilty of tons of them. I am... It, like, we're almost back to Vince in this point, right? I am banging to several acts, loads more than yeah. I was in the Vince. Oh, era. yeah. Like, that's that's the credit I'll give Triple H. There's more acts. I mean, it would always be one with Vince. It's like, there's one character or one story that you're clinging on for day life that it works. Got loads more of them with Triple H, but it's not the stories anymore. It's not the angles. I just like the acts. 
Like, mm. maybe that's maybe I'll contradict myself later on on this I was going to say, yeah. But I just feel like it's getting to the point where, like, there's lots of people I like. Triple H has achieved that. But so many of them have got not a lot happening. Yeah, I'm I'm still excited for the, the road to WrestleMania because Rhea Ripley and Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble and that path featuring Sami Zayn and the Bloodline stuff as well. It's going to be really enjoyable. You get it a bit here on this. It's just post-WrestleMania. I'm like, right, but everything else is on fire, so what are you going to do <laughs> yeah. on, like, April the 10th mm-hmm. or whatever? Anyway, Byron Saxton tries to interview Bobby Lashley backstage, but uh, MVP's there. Her business stuff. Yeah. Uh, says we've got business to discuss. Huh? Uh, yeah. Offers him a handshake. Lashley doesn't accept. It's quarter past 12. MVP uh, says, I thought you showed me some gratitude after I was the one who got your suspension lifted. Lashley's like, yeah, you should probably show some appreciation that I haven't punched you in the face because Lashley's not an idiot and remembers all the almost stuff. Uh, MVP says, you know, look, I've got Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander this back together doing this tag team turmoil thing. They're going to put a hurt on tag teams later. Huh? 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 <laughs> Uh, Lashley says, look, I won't forget everything we've been through together. And MVP says, look, hey, I know you're not into this now, but go away, think about it, consider it. Consider expanding your business. Breadcrumbs. Right. TSD, baby. Do you think this is the cleverest thing of all time? I'm going to put some of this over. I don't really like the Hurt Business. I'll just think tell I've leaned. They were massively, I think their impact, massively overstated. They look good in suits and all uh, Retribution would have taken over the show if it hadn't been for the Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, I actually don't mind. Like, I wish like just some of the booking wasn't as useless because I think there's some good stuff here. That, uh, he's fired, and then he's back the next day. Felt like a terrible development. Yeah. And now, it's pretty good. Yeah, let MVP- it play out. That's what I always say. MVP's backstage thing last week wasn't just reuniting Cedric and Shelton. Adam Pearce was there as well. Uh-huh. In that back, it was when yeah. like Damage Qatar were walking. Like they're doing the work. They are. I I have to defend that. Right, they're doing the work. Bobby Lashley, as you pointed out, isn't so stupid as to be like, oh yeah, that complete betrayal is absolutely fine. Now. Yeah, that's that's like you're sort of protecting the integrity of the babyface. And for the first time, I was allowed to uh, manifest. Bobby Lashley and Omos saying, hey, tag teams. Oh. running rough shot on that division because I want to look at that team. Yeah. So her business, what, 6.0? <laughs> 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 Might be all right. <laughs> What's next? I'll tell you what was next. Oh, my God. A Cody Rhodes video package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Wor- was, Worthy of the baton. This was sensational. God damn, does Monday Night Raw need Cody Rhodes back? Oh, like, yeah. ASAP. Uh, it was all about his tit injury, this one, um, and him working through it at Hell in a Cell. It's very visceral, all this. He talked about hitting a springboard cutter and thinking he was going to vomit. And I, and then they showed it, and I went, I don't feel too good either, to be <laughs> honest. Um, he said, you don't want to see it, but you can't look away. I was the sort of physical embodiment of the car wreck. He says, I've not watched a Hell in a Cell match back again. You should, Cody. It's bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he appreciates that it resonates with people. Uh, he can't go through it. Um, Brandy? I don't know who. No idea. Who's that? Brandy. It just said Brandy. Didn't even say Brandy, right? It just said Brandy. So I assume a friend of Cody's. Um, talks about having some nerves going into surgery. It's like, my, it's like I said to my wife, Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> uh, he's never been through that before. He's, this nerd doctor was like, oh, yeah, it's a muscle injury, not a tendon injury. And I'm like, out of the way, nerd. Because uh, Cody's back. And he said... Uh, I wonder if I can get back to the level I was before. And it showed him going back into his gym. And he says, the work begins now. More next week. I loved it. 
he feels real still. That's the art of Cody for me at this point, is that even within WWE, the stuff he says feels real. And I think I said this last week, a really genuinely inspired choice to bring him back as an announced Rumble guy than a surprise one. This is so much better already than if you were just sat there waiting and kind of keeping your fingers crossed for Cody. This is a build. Triple H knows it. He lived it. He got it in 2002. Way better than if it had been a surprise. The tone and the messaging of all this is absolutely fantastic. Like, he's so smart, Cody. He's not going, God damn it, I left it all in the ring that night. Oh my God, I'm such an ass. I'm such a badass. He didn't do that. He was just like, he almost underplayed it, yeah. but let the visuals and the selling and the close-ups say everything that he was just too goddamn humble to say out loud. It was very well done, this. Tell me he's not been begging for stars on Twitter or anything like that. You are? You're telling me he's not been like, you know, some people would beg for stars on Twitter. Or no, he's not doing interesting, that. Interesting way to go about things. <sighs> come for us in the charts, I'll come for you. Um, right. <laughs> not anymore, by the way. Uh, It always dips. Be fighting on the dinner. Uh, Right, Kathy Kelly interviews Dolph Ziggler. He's got a bad face. Oh, that's a car. You're right. Sorry, you're the A in FTR. That makes me fart. Ziggler says, I'm focused on being the best, as always. (laughs) Working on this 20-year project. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Said the bloodline went too far a few weeks back. I'm out for payback. Mustafa Ali, poor bastard, interrupts. What what an absolute gimp. (laughs) <laughs> he appeared to be here. He's like, what's going on? I've just heard from Postman Pierce. We got offered a chance to be in the tag team turmoil match. He went, nah, I want to fight I want to fight Sakoa instead. Kick his ass. Kick his ass, Sid. <laughs> Why isn't he doing that? What a it's bitch. part of a big story. It's a Michigan thing. Like, but I'll be friends with Becca Lynch. I don't really want you to be my friend. Like he loves he loves burying baby faces. It's because he learned under the learning tree of heat. Is it, he loves it, man. His whole career. Why do people think he's giant baba? <laughs> He isn't! Man, we're killing you out there, but when we bring you back to life... <laughs> maybe. Uh, if, I, if I remember her. Ali, thankfully, spells out for the audience about what happened with them and the US title. Now he's cost, he cost him a chance at that. Now he's what cost a, him a chance at the tag title. bitch whining and taking it. He is turning it, but I did say he was going to be turning it heel for quite some time. I said he's spiralling. So I think did, but they do it. Like, they just kill him. Remember, like, before Gargano got injured, what was the last thing he did in television? He failed at helping Dexter Loomis in that ladder match. Yeah, he got yeah. his ass kicked. Like, mm-hmm. they love it. They absolutely... Triple H is banging to this. Because he's Vince. Yeah. He's Vince. I've been trying to tell everyone. I don't since. even think it's that. He's, he's Triple H. Like, everyone mm. got pedigreed. Everyone. <laughs> Black Lodge doppelgangers are themselves. <laughs> uh, anyway. Nothing in the White Lodge there. Ziggler's like... <laughs> absolutely nothing. Ziggler's like, I'm off. Anyway, I'm going to fight Sally Sakoa. Stuff or at least that's just holding his dick. Uh, <laughs> Bronson Reed gets interviewed by Byron Saxton. Gets asked why he helped the Miz, and the Miz is like, "I can explain that one. We've uh, we've got each other's backs. We're good pals. We are. Uh, why don't you come and watch Miz TV, Bronson Reed?" And I did like that. Bronson Reed went, "We're not friends." Mm. He went, "If you want something, pay me," and just walked off. I like Bronson Reed. He's a bit of a mercenary. I tell you what, I did like the Miz's line, "Classic Bronson." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I did like that. That had a bit of uh, Tomko give me a beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like paid muscle. Classic like, like Bronson. This, the last couple of weeks, they've done really well with Bronson Reed. The one week they didn't was when they brought him out with no introduction. It is literally more character development than he had in about two years in NXT. Like he wore a Bam Bam Bingalow singlet and had I'm a good a cage s- match with Johnny Gargano. I'm a smiling monster. Yeah, he was never given out to say or do, and now he's I a like to sit on people. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting people, killing people, and sitting on people. And my mum. Uh, speaking of NXT, the greatest call from NXT was next. Solo Sokoa. Uh, who? Solo Sokoa. Thank you. Versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Sokoa just dominated, basically. Ziggler. Sokoa? 
Tagola. Yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> Ziggler fires back, hits him with a DDT and a zigzag for a two count. Uh, kicks his leg, goes to the fame asset, Solo Sokoa. This was great. Just picked him up, chucked him in the air, and hit him with a Samoan spike and won. If you build someone very well who isn't a useless tosser, the fans will come up and react to him. So, newsflash. Newsflash, asshole. Uh, newsflash, slick. Is Sakura <laughs> becoming the Sakura Ripley Judgment Day? He inherited the bloodline. Let's, let's face that one. Let's uh, accept reality. There's a handful of people he's done a decent job yeah. with. Yeah. Sakura, he can't even just half arse that praise. He's done an awesome job with Sakura. Ziggler gets a lot of grief for like, this is pretty good matchmaking because yes. you want somebody that can bump around for the impact stuff as well. He did. Uh, God bless him. They yeah. re-showed everything that's happened with uh, Mammy uh, and Dom <laughs> with all the family ho- what family holiday parties. Um, and then they cut to the back and... Oh, Oh my god. <laughs> Dominic Sue is walking through <laughs> with shades on and a bandana and a flannel and I thought, well, we're in for an, an all time here and I wasn't wrong. And what a visual. Just the just the shot and I visual. went I, I did think business is about to pick up. That's exactly what I went through my head when I saw this version of Dominic Mysterio. He's so great. And you know who's almost stealing it for me is Finn Balor. Yeah. Like more on this later. He's having I'm, such a good time. Finn. I had like I Kind of couldn't take my eyes off him while at Rarey Spikes and couldn't take my ears off him during the, during the match. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love how he sat there with that. Ah! And then when they won, he chucked the eye back and then went, oh, actually, no. Still bloody hurts. Um, yeah, this was the bit. Oh, we're not going to talk about it. We mentioned it earlier. Yeah, yes, ba- don't. Bailey's getting interviewed. Uh, Meechin comes in and goes, you're a bloody cheat, you are. And she gets her ass handed to her and begs to make the save. Absolute loser. You've got no friends and you suck. <laughs> that's, your di- that's your direction for the week as a baby face. Uh, right. And then both things are proven true repeatedly. <laughs> what was the line? There was a nice line. Uh, I'm not above asking for help, including asking for help to kick your ass. <laughs> then they did. Anyway, this is when it got good. Miss TV with Dominic Mysterio on the Judgment Day. That's right, he gets his own intro- introduction here because he's the real star of this show. Because he's in, in the, the fucking judgment, judgment day. day. Flipping. <laughs> a lot of work. We teed him up. Yeah, that's a good point. The one time that we didn't swear, you went, come on, guys, why uh, yeah. yeah. So true. that's why I went, I'm, I'm in the fucking judgment day. Yeah. Alt the bridge. Stax is going to not have time to write his jokes. Miss <laughs> <laughs> TV. Introduces Dominic, comes out with a judgment day. Miss says, oh, I only had chairs for you and Mammy. Um, I didn't realize you'd all be out here. And Dom says, the one thing I learned in prison, you always roll with your crew. <laughs> I mean, I said that line better than he did. A lot of his lines yeah, are like... Yeah, he's, he's still terrible. I think he's deliberately bad. I think he's... No, I think he's useless. <laughs> you couldn't try to be as rubbish as he he's is. He's the well-booked Tamina. <laughs> That's what he is. Miss says, so, Dom, what was life like on the inside? And he just says, well, snitches get stitches. <laughs> Finn says, it's okay. You're out of prison now. You can share the experience. And Dom talks about being in his cell with one of the world's most dangerous people. Didn't know when his next meal was, was going to come from. Uh, all he ever wanted to do was see Mammy again. <laughs> had to do what he had to do. He had to grab life by the what? Just like Maurice does to Mills. <laughs> Uh, and Damien Priest, uh, Damien Priest, Loki's getting over from me as well here because he goes, "Tell him the story, Dom." <laughs> Even funny when you heard the story. Yeah, Dom says, "I, uh, 
over overheard my cellmate saying you wanted to punch a hole in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped down off the top bunk, and threatened him, confronted him, and the guy backed down. Right, got to hop in. Yeah. Overheard my cellmate saying you wanted to punch a hole in my face. So I got down off the top bunk, woke him up. So, <laughs> yes. so it was on purpose. Saying it in his sleep. Yeah, I, th- so I, obsessed think, with Dominic. I think it's just masterful, this. Dominic I mean, getting top bunk. That's, that's the funny. good thing about this. If it's absolutely rubbish, you think, eh, it's part of the story. Yeah. He says, now I truly know how Martha Stewart feels. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That is good. That is good. Then Miz ruined it by saying, oh, I thought you were only in a cell for a few hours. Well, right. I didn't mind that because, like, Dominic's taking a free hit on him with a tiny balls thing. Okay. So the Miz is feeling motivated to kind of, like, Pop the bubble a little bit. I like the fact the judgment day all went, don't fucking say that. Yeah. And, and he went, oh, maybe I'm misinformed. And then them getting to sell that as like these, they're not even like hard lads really, but they're arseholes and Miz doesn't want any of that. And then uh, Priest says, look, me and Finn Balor. And I was like, oh, me and Finn Balor are coming for the tag titles. And I thought, right, tag team turmoil. I looked at the teams. I went, oh, that's a shame. Judgment day going to lose. Street Profits at the end. We can all see where this is going. And then we got... Tag team turmoil. So you just do it all in one? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to run through the whole thing and then you can just give it as as possible yeah. if you want? Because <laughs> <laughs> this was really enjoyable, the last sort of hour of Monday Night Raw. Uh, it started off, as I said, Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Um, uh, at one point, Balor distracts the referee and Priest chucks Anderson into the steel steps. Anderson and Gallows get some offense in, but Dom trips Anderson Um he causes a distraction. Balor schoolboys him for the one, two, three, which means Balor and Priest then go on to face the sort of hurt business. Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Benjamin looked great, as always. So he talked about his 20 years and... There's been there! Uh, handed out multiple suplex, German suplexes to everyone. Um, Priest then chokeslams Alexander out of nowhere. Balor hits the coup de grace. They eliminate Benjamin and Alexander. Then it's time for Alpha Academy. Um, Otis is really over. They get a We Want Otis chant. Um, Chad Gable makes the hot tag to Otis, who looked great. Runs in, runs over Priest. Uh, rolling elbow, slams Balor, crushes both men in the corner with a charge. Priest falls over. Otis does the caterpillar to a decent reaction. Um, gives Balor the world's strongest slam. But as he's uh, going to hit the Vader bomb, Balor grabs Gable to cover him. Uh, that crushes Gable in the process. Still hurts Balor, um, but Otis gets distracted by all this. Priest hits him with a boot and a running clothesline for the one, two, three. And then just before the final match, Balor's injured. We're in trouble here, guys. He's holding his ribs at ringside. The, the medical staff will not clear him. Postman Pierce is out there. He says, like, look, Damien Priest, I will not allow you to just do this on your own. Priest is happy to fight on his own. And Pierce goes... What about Dominic Mysterio? And brilliantly performed, both Dominic and Damian Priest go, uh, <laughs> can't, we just have, can't we just have Priest on his own? He's like, no, it's either Dominic or you're out. And I'm like, uh, I guess it'll have to be Dom then. Makes it official. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio representing the Judgment Day versus the Street Profits. Uh, Bala remains at ringside. I think... There were some audio clues that he was still there. <laughs> so uh, this was yet another reminder of just how great Montez Ford is as a singles performer, but also another reminder of how sensational Angelo Dawkins is as well. Priest and Ford go back and forth. Uh, Ford confronts uh, Dom at ringside, and Priest does that 
check that sends him over the announce table. And then Angelo Dawkins comes out of nowhere, flips over the top rope, takes out both Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio, and lands on his feet. That looked amazing. And a then, rare good WWE dive spot. Yeah. And the commentators, put, rule. Yeah, yeah. commentators put this over. The crowd react to it. Uh, Dom goes for the 619 later on, and Dawkins just hits him with an elbow instead. Um, Ford makes the hot tag, and it's always a hot tag when it's Montez. Ford comes in, hits a big high cross on both of them, hits a series of kicks, hits a standing moonsault on Dom. Um, they hit an elevated suplex through the Street Profits for a two count on Dominic Mysterio. Priest comes in and hits Ford with a flatliner. Dawkins gets clotheslined, though. Um, Priest knocks Dawkins over the barricade. Ford does that bonkers dive that... Did Damien Priest do it in NXT? Yes. In with the Gargano and... Uh, Keith Lee, you know? No, who was it? It was... Oh, God, it was... What are we talking about? The insane flip that Priest used to do that now Montez Ford does. Oh, it was your man who um, won the title and it dropped off his way. Leon, Leon Ruff. Thank you, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ford does this insane flip dive over the... The turnbuckle and all that uh, over the ring post onto Priest. Hugh Grayson had a nice one of that as well. Yeah. Uh, Ford hits Dom with a 450 splash. He's got the match won. One, two. Rhea Ripley saves Dom, pulling him out of the ring. Mammy to the rescue. Um, Ford jumps onto the apron to avoid a big charge by Priest, who goes into the steel steps. Dom just yanks him off the apron, into a schoolboy. He's got his feet on the middle rope. Mammy's holding the feet down as well. One, two, three. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The Judgment Day, via Dominic Mysterio, win. They run the gauntlet. Damian Priest has wrestled for like 50-odd minutes. They are the number one contenders, but only for the Raw Tag Team Championships, not the Unified, which makes us think that maybe there's something to this, and there was a nice face-off to close the show. I love the end of this. Shoot pop. For the end, like I was so buzzing that the Judgment Day got the win because it did sort of feel like it was going the way of the Street Profits and the, like the action was really exciting and driven by how exciting the Street Profits are. So it's not bad. Like heat booking has been obviously bastardized by Vincent Mann being obsessed with it, but this isn't bad heat booking. This is a clear better babyface act that the Judgment Day have cheated to win and get the better of. I love the match. I thought this was, like, really impressively well-booked for one of these. Like, they were kind of leaning on long, uh, like, turmoil and gauntlet matches for a few years ago. Paul Heyman. Seth Rollins boring was obsessed. One. Remember that Seth Rollins boring oh, one? Where we were supposed to pat him on the back for like working two hours and most it was drab. You know, was, no one talks about it anymore. Yeah. You never even get the NACA Twitter member berries. And, and we're, <laughs> member? No one ever members that. Yeah. It was the most hollow... Desperate. Just out there ages, wasn't he? That was it. Yeah, yeah. Just out there ages. No one talks about that. Like, Remember this? Every individual match I thought Remember had... Remember the shield? Had, like, you? character to it. 2,000 likes on Twitter. So, my God. <laughs> trying to work hard at this. How you pick how the Judgment Day get all the way to the end. Uh, which, by the way, is like a nice, subtle babyface nod to Damien Priest in particular. Yeah. Because they've got to go up against the Usos. So, there's got to be a little bit of momentum that they can do something. They cannot just cheat the way there. So you have them win a couple of matches clean, a couple of matches really smart. Love the, um, I hope it's not a one-night thing, the situational babyface in the Alpha Academy, because I saw yeah. something in a bit, to Cedric's point earlier on about Gable, I saw something in a babyface act with them two as a tag team here because of how over the judgment they were as heels. So I kind of hope they People follow... People want to shoosh. Yeah, like I hope they follow up on that as well. There is something 
happening with the street profits, and like this sounds like I'm just a sucker of a like a glutton for punishment here. Like there's something happening with the street profits, not really getting it together yet. Like I know every babyface is getting their ass kicked, but something feels different about the way that at least they're being agented to look awesome before yeah. things aren't working out for them. That's not happening with the Meachins and the Mustafa Ali. So something's going on there. So I quite like that as a detail as well. And this detail about the raw belts, I'm fascinated by. That's going to happen at the Raw anniversary show. In the go-home show at the Royal Rumble, when the Bloodline are going to want to have everything together for the Judgment Day, an objectively successful and overact to land a blow on the Bloodline, win the belts, make those belts matter because they're like, at the moment, everything's a prop with the Bloodline. They just love belt visuals. For the Usos to actually take a loss and the Bloodline to look fragile, going into a Royal Rumble that has to go perfectly for them. When we know it won't, I think it's just such a cool potential story detail here. So I really hope that's a direction. I buy that could happen, especially because I could picture it being obviously Balor and Priest, if you want to do that. And then the photo is immediately Jinder Mahal retaining the WWE Championship via the great Carly and Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, one of the tag belts. Great. Like the three of them, Freebird ruling the tag belts. Like and the, the only two who ever wrestled. Yeah. We need, we need someone else. Finn's injured. Rhea? Got a lot of potential, this. Is it the... SmackDown title that Usos had have had for ages and ages. That's the one with that's, the record hanging off it, yeah. That's the way to do it then. I yeah. think I can see the switch. And if not, it would be such a cool detail to make you think that the switch is actually viable for before WrestleMania for once with the storyline. Um, yeah, I can't really add much more to that because I probably wasn't quite as high on it all. Mm. I just was in a mood and it went on very, very long and I knew what they were doing. Like a cheeky bastard Triple H trick. But even when you're sort of predisposed to like, I know how long this is going... Can't invest in the first two or three matches. The Street Profits are so incredible. And I'm going to get on my agenda. Break them up. If it's Kevin and Sammy at Mania, you really need to start making these guys into singles acts right now. Mm. I like that. But I love the end to this show. Mm. It's cheeky, in it? As, as Sidge mentioned. Poo-pooed a lot of it. And then this stuff with Dominic happens and the Judgment Day win this tag team turmoil. And I think Monday Night Raw. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you all right. It's frustrating because you've done some good work creatively and you realise when you do that, you get to luxuriate yeah. it and you get the benefit of it. Imagine doing that for every character and yeah. you can luxuriate in something different every week. Like, that's the point of good creative is that you've got characters that you can play with and have fun with. And this was, I think, evidence of that where there should be so much more. Mm. There should be so much more of that. Well, uh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for next week's Raw Preview where I ask the Dadleys, what's next for Mustafa Ali? <laughs> um, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, you can leave us a five-star review review suggesting something short, crap, and wrestling-related, just like you really played games you did uh, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and then just screenshot the uh, rating that you give us five stars we need the proof obviously and email it to me adam.wilborn at whatculture.com uh, and if you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling you will get the NXT preview that is coming your way this afternoon drop into your feed as soon as it is released but for now this has been the Raw Review my thanks to the Dadly Boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon <laughs>